This is week three of having church from the ministry center. Right here, we have turned our ministry center into our church broadcast. And um, I just want to say thank you. I heard someone say that um, Andy Stanley said this. uh, They've closed our buildings, but they can't close the church. And I love that thought. I love that statement because I really believe out of this whole thing we're experiencing, the church has gotten better. It's gotten brighter. And uh, in my opinion, now through technology, even bigger. And uh, there's one thing that you can count on in crisis and for the rest of the world until Jesus returns. And that is the local church. Nothing can stop God building his church and letting it be the hope for humanity. So I just want to say thank you for being in connect groups this last week. We heard amazing stories, people all over the world zooming in and being a part of the groups. And uh, Zoe Cares, I just want to say thank you for being an amazing church. Thank you for giving, tithing, being a part, commenting on Instagram and Facebook. And you're just an unbelievable church. So I just want to honor you. Can we clap and thank God for the greatest church, Zoe people? We love you so much. And I'm going to jump in to this week's message. If you missed last week, we started a brand new series. And we're really talking about how we are disrupted, but we're not defeated. There's been a disruption in our lifestyle, disruption in our economy, disruption in our homes, but we're not defeated. We don't want a defeated mindset. The enemy does everything he can to get you to feel defeated. The Bible literally says in John 10, verse 10, that the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does he steal? He steals your joy. What does he kill? It kills your confidence. What does he take out? He takes out your thinking. It wants you to have a defeated mindset. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have an abundant life, that you might have the life that's intended for you that's only found in me. So we're really getting that uh, defeated mindset out and getting encouragement. We look together out of this scripture, Psalm 42, verse number five. Turn there in your Bibles. Or as it comes on the screen, if you don't want it, you're like, I don't want to turn to my Bible. I just want the screen to, okay, it's going to come up on the screens as well. Psalm 42, verse 5. Watch what it says. It says, so then my soul, why would you be depressed? Why would you sink into despair? Just keep hoping and waiting on God, your Savior. So no matter what, I will still sing with praise For living before his face is my saving grace. I love that last word. Living before God is my saving grace. In other words, his eyes are on me. God is with me. God is for me. And because I might be up against some disruption, it doesn't make God look away. He's not turned his back on me. He's for me. He's with me. And so why would I be so, I'm only disrupted. I don't have to be defeated. And we uh, really looked last week. Out of this amazing story in 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30 tells a story about one of our best characters in all the Bible. His name is David. David was a man of war. David was strong. David, he won a lot of battles. And he comes to this city called Ziklag. And as he gets there, he's expecting to be reunited with his family, with his kids and his wife. And all the men that are with him are expecting the same thing. And when he gets to Ziklag, he is met with disappointment. He is met with disruption. So he gets there and there's, they've, they've taken away his wife and taken away his kids and all the men. And 
It's just the worst circumstance. In fact, the Bible says they cry so hard, they have no tears left in them. This is like a bad Mariah Carey song. This is like Taylor Swift just going to work on us, just crying, just bad sadness, R&B music playing in the background. They are in a low moment. And um, Cry Me a River is playing in the background. But, but they have a, a low moment. But the Bible says that David, because he realizes he's got all these guys that are with him, he makes a decision to strengthen himself in God. Now, I want to remind you, I know the gyms are closed, but you can still be strengthened in your inner man. You can still get strength. That's faith strength. And that's what David experiences here. And he finds a strength that he needs to come up with a solution. He goes, I know we're disrupted, but we're not going to be defeated. And he turns to God. In fact, I want to preach a message today because he's turning to the one that has the solution to what he needs. Write down the title. It's called, You Got What I Need. You Got What I Need. See, I think there's a lot of things that we want right now. We want to go back to normalcy. We want to go back to dropping our kids off at school and leaving them for six to seven hours a day. We want to go back to our coffee shops. I'm missing Blue Bottle. We want to go back to, we have a lot of wants. But God will supply everything that you need. Everything that you need is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So here's David. He's facing this, and he turns to the one that he needs right now. He needs hope. He needs strength, and he needs God. I'm going to pray over us today that God will come and encourage us and that we'll be strengthened by this reality of Jesus in our life. Come on, let's pray together as a church. Jesus, we thank you for Zoe people. We thank you for every person that's streaming in right now. We pray that you would touch them, you would grace them, you would allow them to experience the wisdom of heaven and the strength of God. We thank you, Lord, that they're getting stronger. God, thank you that they have the mind of Christ. And we just, we ask today as we go to your word, let it be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We thank you that you are God, you are sovereign, and you are in control. We look to you and we trust you in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, this is right now where we clap. So come on, let's just clap right now. Even if you're in your living room, you just join with us and clap because we love to clap. I don't know if you are good at separating your wants from your needs. It's always important to, uh, to be somebody that's like, okay, this is a want. I want this, but I, I need these things. This is, this is exciting. As a parent, I get to teach my kids the difference between wants and needs. My six-year-old has an insane list of wants, but to him, they are all needs. So he's like, Dad, I need to wear these shoes. I need to have this outfit on. Dad, I need to go golfing with you. All of these are wants, son. None of these are needs. He's trying to explain to him what you need is to go to bed. <laughs> what you need is to eat your vegetables. What you need is to brush your teeth. Trust me, you will thank me later. But I'm trying to help him understand, even at six, the difference between wants and needs. Maybe in the last three weeks, you have simplified your life down to what you needed. You had to peel back your schedule, peel back your appointments, peel back your spending. You're like, this is actually all, I can live off of this. Yeah, because there's only a few things that are needed. And here in the Bible, God is teaching us through this story that we as his people, we only truly need his grace. I love David because he's, he's crying. He's discouraged. He's, he's feeling overwhelmed. He's He's got to lead these guys through battle. And yet, in this situation, 
he turns to God. In fact, watch what it says here in 1 Samuel chapter 30. It says this in verse 7. It says, Then David said to Abathar the priest, Amalek's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. In fact, write down number one today. Here's what David is saying here. He's saying, I need to hear from God. He's saying, go get the ephod, which if you look at Exodus 28, this is the representation of getting a word or getting, getting a sign from God. So he, he sends these guys and his son. He says, go get me the ephod because right now what I need is I need to cancel out the media and cancel out social media and cancel out everybody's opinion. I need to hear what God has to say. I don't need what my, my parents have to say as much as my, my, my God. I don't need to hear what politicians have to say as much as my God. I'm in a dire situation. I feel so uh, weak and vulnerable and I don't need people's opinions. I need to hear from heaven right now. There's going to be times in your life that you don't need anybody else to speak into this situation. You just need God to speak in this situation. Watch what Isaiah says. Oh, I love this scripture. Isaiah 50 verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. God gives me a word in season. Now there's going to be times in your life that you're going to be pressed and you're going to feel discouraged, and you're going to feel like my world just, <laughs> my world just got disrupted. Everything just got flipped upside down. And it's going to be in these times that you're going to have to send somebody, go get me the ephod. Go get me the ability. Go get my Bible. Go get me a podcast or a preacher because I need a word in this season. Last season I heard him say this, and last year it was that, but right now I need to hear from God. God, what do you, in fact, David asked God. He says, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go pursue these guys that have taken my wife and my children? Do you want me to go pursue with these guys right here? Do you want me to go? Lord, you tell me what you want me to do because I'm your servant. You are God. I am not. You're in control. I am not. And so what I need from, from you right now is direction. Give me a word in season. Even the Bible says in Proverbs that a word in season, it's like life to the soul. It's like healing to the body. And I believe that God, right now, for whatever you're going through, he's got a word in season. It's not for the season that's coming up. It's not for the season that you used to be in. It's for the season that you're in right now. You just need to go to God and say, God, I'm disrupted, but I refuse to be defeated. I know you have what I need I need marching orders. I need something that you can give me as direction. I need a picture, a vision, a dream, a statement, a quote, whatever it is. I just need a word in season. I need a, that's David. David's just like, yo, go get the ephod. I'm not playing any games. I don't care what that guy said. Tim's been bellyaching. Ralph's been really upset. So-and-so's been blogging about me. I don't need to hear them. I need to hear from God. Get me a word from God. Because here's the second thing you need. Write it down. Is You need something you can stand on. I need something that I can put my faith to. 1 Samuel 30, verse 8, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. God answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. 
He goes and he gets the ephod and he's like, God, what do you want me to do? Should I go? And God's like, yep, it's time to go. You can't stay here. You got to go. There's something that you need in your life and it's called something you can stand on. I need, I need to be able to look somebody in the eyes and say, I know that I know that I know God asked me to give this much money. I know that I know that I know I'm supposed to forgive this person. I know that I know that I know I've got to stop dealing with this addiction. I know that I know that I know I'm supposed to get involved in church. I know that I know that I know I'm supposed to be a better parent than I'm being right now. Whatever it is, you need something you can stand on. You need that fire in your belly. You need that eye in your... I was going to say eye of the tiger, but you know, you get what I'm saying. We could cut that out. You need that eye that says, I'm looking at anybody in the eye that says, I know I've heard from God. I can stand on this word. This was Paul. Paul says in Acts 20, it's getting to the end of his life. He's almost done living here on earth. But there's still one thing that's needed of him from God. Acts 20, one of his last statements while he's here on earth, He literally says, I don't know what awaits me in Jerusalem. All I know is I'm standing on a word. I'm supposed to go there. Look here in Acts 20, verse 22. I love this scripture. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm standing on this word. I love this thought. Because the Bible literally teaches us that the grass could wither and the flower could fade, but the word of the Lord will last forever. You can stand on his word. If you're facing sickness, stand on his promise. You're facing uh, economic struggle and you don't have any finances, stand on his promises. You're going through a hard time and you feel disturbed and depressed. Why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. Stand on his word. The other day I was at the park with my boys. And uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, before everything kind of transpired, and we go to the Brown Park. My boys call it the Brown Park because the the ground is all brown at this park. And my son invited me out on this, um, it was like a swinging little bridge that you have to try and keep your balance. So he's like, Dad, come on, let's see who can hold our balance better. Like, let's go. You know, like you're trying to challenge your father. Let's go. So we get out there. And my son, it's so awesome because he's holding on to the rails and he's swinging like this. But he's holding on. And I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to teach him what balance looks like, you know, because your boy got flexibility. And so I'm like, you know, trying to not touch anything. But he's holding on to the rails and yelling at me that he's better than me. Ooh, my competitive juices started flowing. But I like that he's standing and he's grabbing a hold of something. I just want to encourage you, grab a hold of God's word. Grab a hold of God's promises. You won't feel like you're slipping and sliding because you're standing on the word of the Lord. Come on, let's clap and thank God he's given us his word to stand on. David's in disruption. He's in despair. He's feeling overwhelmed. But I tell you one thing he does. He says, I need a word from God right now. I need a word in season. I need to know what to do with my business. I need to know what to do with my family. I need to get some direction from heaven. I don't need direction just from the wisdom of man. I need direction from the wisdom of God. So he gets a word from God, and all of a sudden he's standing on this word. He looks at his boys, and he's like, guys, I asked God. God said, go. God said, it's ours. God says, we're going to win. God said, if God is for us, 
us, who can be against us? So they all put their hands in the middle, and they're like, let's rock on three. One, two, three. Let's rock. And they're like, all right, let's go. They turn on the Spotify playlist. They turn it all the way up. All I do is win in Jesus. And they're like, let's go. The Bible says they literally get down to the battlefield. They annihilate everybody and there's spoil left over for them. In other words, God's so good he didn't just let them win. They've got a little extra grace on top. It's like, it's like, it's like you know, you're a server or a waiter and someone doesn't just pay the bill, but you got that good tip. So they got the good spoil coming to their life. Now, when this happened, they're like, wow, God gave us a word. We stood on it. We trusted God. We went with the orders. Look, what he said comes to pass. Anybody thankful that if God spoke to you, if he called you to it, he's going to see you through it. If he spoke it to your heart, we're going to see it come to pass. So they're standing there and they're like, man, God is good. We won the battle. We knew that the battle belongs to the Lord. Look at what God did. And, and they got all this spoil. Now, there was 200 of the guys, 200 of the men that stayed back. For whatever reason, let's say, you know, we weren't feeling well. Uh, they didn't get the text in time. Uh, they, uh, their wives, you know, uh, wanted them to stay home. They thought, they assumed. 200 did not come. Now, when the battle's already won and the spoil's there, do 200 walk up and they're like, wow, this is amazing. Like we, we, uh. We should get in on this. Now, the boys that actually did the battle look at the 200 that are weak and they're like, you are absolutely not getting any of this spoil because you did not risk your life and you're a scaredy cat. I'm being nice. And so you are not getting any of our victory. David steps up. And watch what David says to his men. I love the leadership of David. So, uh, 1 Samuel 30, Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow him, who were left behind in the valley, and they came out to meet David and the men with him. As David and his men approached, he asked them how they were. But the evil men and troublemakers among David's followers said, Because they did not go out with us, we will not share with them the plunder we recovered. However, each man may take his wife and children and go. And David replied, No, no. No, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. He has protected us and delivered into our hands the raiding party and came against us. Who will listen to what you say? The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. All will share alike. Write down number three today. I need to be generous. I need a word from God. I need something I can stand on. You know what? When I get the victory, when all this is over, and all this passes away, I need to be ready to share with people. I need to be generous. David says, no, 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 no. It's not how it works. Everybody's getting a piece of the pie. What I love about the gospel and what I love about Jesus is that God doesn't give a lot to a few people and a little to the ones that are undeserving. Grace, by definition, is undeserved blessing 
and unmerited favor. You can see it here in the Old Testament. You can see it here in the heart of David. It's just showing us what's to come in Jesus, our greater and truer leader. It's just showing us what's going to happen when our Savior comes on the scene. David is just representing the spirit of the Father, which is the spirit of generosity. Oh, I love John 3.16. For God so loved the whole world that if anyone would believe in his Son, they shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's not for the people that battled and earned and were in church their whole life. No, it's for every single person that comes to faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's just clap and thank God right now that he is, by definition, he is a generous God. So you know what I need to be right now? I need to be in this season. I need to be generous. You know, if I were you in your life, I'd look for ways to be generous. The Bible literally says that the generous scheme ways of generosity. They just think about ways. In, in, in fact, what I love about Zoe Cares, Zoe Cares has just been thinking, and the group text, and the emails, and the Zoom calls have just been meeting, and all our team is thinking about how can we be generous. We're not, we're not just thinking about, like, how are we going to take care of ours, and just, you know, let's just make sure that our kids are good. No, we're going, like, what about the single mom? What, what, what about the one that just had their world flipped upside down? What about the one that needs a meal? What about the one that needs reimbursement for child care? What about the one that is struggling in their small business? How can we help? We need to be generous. Because most of us just go, no, I need a word for me. No, I need something I can stand up for me. That, that, that part, literally, the Bible says is the evil men. But David steps up and says, we're all getting something. That's the power of the gospel at work. None of us deserve it, but it's by grace we receive it. And that is the spirit of generosity. In fact, I want to encourage you with one last final thought. I know we're in the Old Testament. We're talking about David, but I want to go to the New Testament. I want to talk to you about Jesus. In fact, write down the fourth and the final thought for today. Worship team, you come join me. I love this. Grace is not for the deserving. There's a story in the New Testament, and it's a story about a man that, you know, he owned a business. So early in the morning, he goes and he invites some guys to come work for his company. So he gets some guys and he says, hey, I'll pay you this much money if you come work for me. So the guys are like 8 a.m., like, absolutely. We're there. We're going to work. So they work 8, 9, 10, 11, lunch break keep working, working. Then he goes in the afternoon, late in the day, hardly any time left. And he asks some other guys, hey, will you come work with me? I'll pay you this wage. Now the same wage that he offered the 8 a.m.ers, he's offering the late afternooners. Now when the guys find out who have been working since 8 a.m., they come to the boss and like, hey man, that is not fair. We signed up at 8 a.m., and you said you pay, and how in the world can you just pay these guys who are so late to the party the same amount of money? It's not fair. Watch what Jesus says. I love this, Matthew 20. The landowner replied, friends, I'm not being unfair. I'm doing exactly what I said. Didn't you agree to work for the standard wage? If I want to give those who only work for an hour equal pay, what does that matter to you? Don't I have the right to do what I want with what is mine? Why should my generosity make you jealous of them? Now you can understand what I meant when I said in that first, 
will end up the last, and the last will end up being the first. Everyone is invited, but few are the chosen. What Jesus is saying is, listen, I'm a generous God. I give grace to people that just find me right here online in their own living room, and I give grace to people that have been with me their whole entire life. I'm a generous God. Generosity is not what I do. Generosity is who I am. I'm a God that loved the whole world, that I gave my one and my only son, that if anybody believed in him and the sacrifice that he made on the cross, they will not perish, but they get everlasting life. I just want to encourage you that God is generous and he's going to be generous. God will supply all your needs. If you need a word, God's got a word. If you need something to stand on, God will give it to you. If you need victory right now, all the victory is found in Jesus. No matter what you're going through. Maybe you're like, I've struggled with my faith. God is a generous God and he'll give you a new revelation. He'll give you a new facet, a new understanding, a new idea, a new insight into the love that surpasses knowledge and understanding. God is so good. He is so big that God is not only in control, but God is pursuing your life. And what he has for you is more than you can handle. He's got more love, more peace, more comfort, and more strength than you ever bargained for. And all God asks for you, all he's asking, is bring your worst to God so he can give his best to you. These guys are in despair. They've cried all the tears. They've gone through such hardship. Now it happened, and there it was, and they cried their eyes, but they turned to God. Go give me the ephod. I need a word. I need a word in season. God, should I go, or is it over? God says go. I'm standing on his promise. As the promise comes, the victory it's not, and it never will be, just for us. He says, no, don't be evil right now. The victory that you've been praying for is not just for your family. It's not just for your friends. It's for everybody. God's victory is not limited to a certain part of the world, uh, socioeconomic background, or color of skin. God's grace and his goodness is for every one of his children. And all of us are sons and daughters. He is a generous good, amazing God. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're feeling. I don't know what the last three weeks have looked like for you, but one thing I do know is that God is good. God is in control. and God is generous. You probably cried like all of us have cried. Frustration, angst, concern, the unknown. Yet here is God saying, no, no, no. I've got you got a word for your spirit. I've got something for you to stand on. And I will supply so much in your life. I'm never the God that just meets your needs. I'm always the God that supersedes your needs. I've got more than you can handle. Amen? Come on, church. Amen? Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you right now. There's a difference between our wants and our needs. You are a need-meeting God. Every one of us, we need a word in season. We need something we can stand on. And we need the generosity of heaven. Help us to understand that you're fighting our battles. The victory is in you. We may be disrupted, but we are not defeated in Jesus. We thank you for it. If you're here in your house and you've never said yes to Jesus before, but today you want to sacrifice 
your life and give it over to God. Surrender to the gospel of Jesus. Jesus loves you so much. He died for all of your sins that you would not perish, but through faith in him, you could receive everlasting life. If you want to say yes to Jesus, when I count to three, lift up your hand and respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, we can't see your hands, so just say yes or lift your hand. Do whatever you'd like, but just make that decision when I hit three. One, two, three, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I know many people all across the world are saying yes to Jesus right now. Amen. Come on, let's pray this prayer with those that are making this decision. Say, Father God, I thank you for the gift of your son. I say out loud, I believe in Jesus. I receive Jesus. And I will follow with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. Come on, let's clap right now for every single person that said yes to the goodness of Jesus. Church, we love you. And if you made that choice,